Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me. I'm SP. This is a recorded and casual conversation with hobby and passion podcasters to share their knowledge, enthusiasm, joy, and experience of podcasting. Better Podcasting is a project by Stephen John Drew and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcasts and make their existing projects better. That's why we came up with the name Better Podcasting. <laughs> it is our hope that bringing on new voices from hobby and passion podcasting spaces with potentially different viewpoints will help others just as much as listening to Stephen and myself. A big thank you to Eric Alton Glenn from Steel Watching Podcast for joining me in the previous chat. You can check out Eric and his co-host Sarah at their website, steelwatching.com, and Steel is S-T-E-E-L-E for Remington Steel. And in case you are new to this show, I just want to say you are welcome to come on a future episode of Better Podcasting Chats with SP. Why don't you send me an email, stargatepioneer at betterpodcasting.com, or catch me on the socials or even on our Discord server, and we'll arrange time to have you on in the future. For the next hour, I'm chatting with our, not the first, but very few recurring guests. His name is Steve Barnes. He's been a musician for four decades and played in bands around the Richmond, Virginia area since the 80s. Steve, and that's 1980s, not 1880s, although (laughs) he might say it's 1880s. I don't know. Steve currently creates music under the name Intro Void and plays covers under the name Rebecca Crow. And he currently hosts the Wheel of Time review podcast, Sweet Child of Time, and is branching out to cover a few more shows. At least that was a year ago, so we'll catch up with him and see what's going on. He was on episode 23 of Better Podcasting Chats with SP, which came out December 1st, 2022, over a year ago. Welcome to the chat, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Episode 39 now. Thank you. I know it's, uh, you know, about every 20 episodes or year or so we'll have you on and uh, (laughs) that'll be great. But there's a reason that you wanted to come on. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. later. You asked a a very heartfelt question. So we're going to get to that eventually. But you were listening to the latest episodes of the Better Podcasting Main Show. We had our annual gear episode on that. And also our last Better Podcasting show of the year, which was Better Podcasting Live Chat with Steven and myself. And you had a couple of comments, and the first thing that you wanted to talk about was microphones. Yeah, sure. I heard you um, mention Mayano microphones, and you were asking out there, maybe like even on the Discord, you know, what anybody's experience with that might be, and that's me. I picked up a Mayano. I can see like in, in my camera here, you have a lot of nice gear behind you, and I, I have, you know, minimal gear, pretty much what I can afford in my budget. And so this Mayano microphone I'm using right here came from Amazon, somewhere in the neighborhood of like $60, $70. They might be cheaper now. And it's actually a pretty good microphone for podcasting as long as you have a screen and a cover on it. So without that, it just picks up every noise in the house, lots of noise. So it's, um, you know, it, it takes a little tinkering, but the Mayanos really work. So Mayano makes several different microphones as well as like a mixing station. Mm. Are you using, what is it called? The PDX 200? Is that the microphone that you have? Um, not really sure of the model number, to be honest with you. And I can't see it here, so I can't answer that right off. Maybe I'll find it uh, during this pod. I just have, it's a USB. I have it plugged right into my um, laptop here. 
It also has like an XLR connection I can use if I want to use it for that. But I think I've told you before, but I, you know, I'll tell you again, like I have a Shure microphone that I use for music recording, which is much better. And I would use that for podcasting if I could, but it's not a USB mic. So I just use what I have. I mean, I know this, the obvious solution is to buy a mixing board, but that involves buying something else. <laughs> I guess it's just called the Podcasting Dynamic Microphone. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. It's USB slash XLR Podcast Dynamic Microphone. Very similar in form to the Samsung Q2U or the Audio-Technica ATR2100X as far as it being USB and XLR. And we've talked about that many, many times mm-hmm. on Better Podcasting. The USB, it looks like it's a USB-C to go into the microphone That's and right. into your computer. Is it a normal USB? That's right. Okay. Yes. So I actually have it plugged into my, um, what do you call this thing? A docking station. So it's not even plugged into my laptop. It's plugged into the docking station. Okay. And you can also plug a headphone set directly into it. If you don't want to plug it into mm-hmm. your device that you're using. I have had experience doing that before with, When I'm on the road, not with the Miano, but with other microphones, there was also a knockoff microphone years ago called the Knox podcasting microphone. (laughs) And I'm looking at the Knox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Knox, it was actually a sweet deal at the time. It was 40 bucks, but uh, it was a limited run. Either they got sued or they decided not to pursue it. And the model number I'm showing right now on Amazon is the HD 300T. And it is right now for $53.99. It looks like it comes with a stand, a pop filter, and the microphone. And you have a windscreen. Did you buy the windscreen (laughs) separately? Yes, I did. It was out of necessity, too, because without the windscreen, I mean, I think there's a a noticeable difference without the windscreens. I think the windscreen, it, it really comes through in my edit. I think it's very helpful. Well, that's um, the what you removed was the pop filter. The windscreen is the fuzzy thing on top. Oh, of it. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you want to hear it? I don't want to take that off right now. That'd be no, I wouldn't. <laughs> too much rustling. But I will tell you, this is not a good microphone for recording music because I record with tube amps. To, so to like mic up the tube amps, this is not a good microphone to do so. Always use the Shure for that. Okay. All right. So you've been pleasantly using that for how long? Was it oh, a year and a half, two years? or Two years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Possibly longer, but I mean, my podcast is, is almost at its two-year anniversary, and I've been using this the whole time. I need to give the brand and the microphone a little bit more of a fair shake than I've been giving it, honestly, because what they did was very similar to what Rode did when the original Rodecaster came out, and they gave a free Rodecaster out to many, many influencers and mm. podcast coaches and consultants and stuff like that. They didn't approach us at all, <laughs> but that is besides the point. With the problem at the time that we heard is even with reviewers that are normally really good about saying, I got this piece of tech from this company, did not say that. I think it was <laughs> maybe a little shady the way Rode gave the equipment out. Because right. I don't think they gave, I don't think they announced to the people that they gave it out of, don't worry about sending it back sort of thing. Hmm. So they might not have known. However, some of them did not even disclose the fact that they got it from Road, much less that they got to keep it for free. It's a very expensive piece of gear. 
And the major problem with it that nobody wanted to talk about was it had inferior preamps. And for anybody that doesn't know, the preamp is the thing that powers an XLR microphone that makes it sound decent. It gives it a little bit more gain and makes it sound decent. And I'm not even talking about the power that you need for condenser. I'm just talking about the preamp itself. And if you have a noisy preamp or a preamp that doesn't have a lot of headroom to it, you can get degraded sound, the more volume, basically the more volume you need out of it. So that was the problem with the original Rodecaster. It wasn't configured to high-end microphones that need a lot of gain, like the Shure SM7B that I'm using right now. (laughs) So we, Stephen and I, got a uh, Rodecaster and we reviewed it and we said, it has its faults. They changed some of the things through the firmware updates, which is great that you can do it with a Rodecaster, but they could never address the hardware limitations and the preamps were part of that hardware limitation. So I think the Rodecaster got an unfair review shake at the time because people weren't calling it out because they got it free from Rode. Myano kind of did the same thing about two years ago, 18 months ago or so. They started flooding the market to anybody that they could to say, hey, do you want this? Will you review it? I wish they got in touch with me. Yeah, they got in touch with me and uh, I said no, because I I did not approve of their processes at the time. (laughs) I am fully capable of going out and buying one of my own and doing a comparison test if I wanted to. So I might eventually do that. But my disposition was to say, you're being a little shady in your distribution because the people that you are giving it to are not stating that they got it for free from Miano. Now, the government in the United States made changes for all influencers, including podcasters over the past year, said that you have to disclose this now. So even reviewers of $50 microphones are getting better at that now. <laughs> so I just hope that future companies that do this, or maybe even wrote a man of themselves, if they do it again, that everybody's above board that yes, I got this free from this company. I am doing the review. The company has no say over what I say. Of course, I, I always, <laughs> I laugh at that. Do you know why I laugh at that? Mm-mm. So they always say that the company has no say over my review they have no editorial power at all okay the problem when not i mean when this is said not every time it's said but (laughs) when it's said the problem i have with that is yes they do and that if they don't like it next time you don't get the tech well (laughs) so if they they don't like what you say that's right they'll they'll punish you and if they like what you say they'll reward you that's one of those kind of systems. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I always kind of laugh at that. But anyway, I will admit I have a bias that was against my own microphones. Oh, I will. I didn't know that. Yeah. I will give them a fair shake for now because I've heard enough of them, yours included, to say it doesn't sound that bad. It sounds every bit as good, in my opinion, as a Samsung or a Audio Technica USB microphone. So, okay. Got that for now. Oh, no. I'll I'll just go from there. So, but I I do like the fact that you've been using it and using it successfully, even though you have other microphones. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the simplest one. I guess I like simplicity. And I guess that 
plays a key role in it. I mean, I will say too, I don't think it's a perfect microphone. I don't think I sound perfect on it, but I, I, um, been, you know, I've been doing my podcast for two years and my regular thing that I'll do is I subscribe to my own podcast. So I get it in my podcast feed. And when I go out in my work truck, which has an excellent sound system in it, you know, I listen to my podcasts compared to the podcasts that I listen to, which are generally like HeadGum, CBB World, Marshland Media, all of them like above board, good studios. And I believe that I sound just as okay. I sound okay enough for me not to want to go out and get another microphone. If I were to be gifted one for Christmas, or if some reviewer was like, hey, try out my $300 fantastic microphone, I might give it a great review and give it a run and switch over. I'm not married to this microphone, but as long as it keeps working, that little light keeps coming on. I mean, I'll keep using it. <laughs> uh, a little funny story there. So I forget what microphone it was. Probably the Audio Technica AT2005, which I don't think it's sold anymore, but very similar. It was very similar to the 2100 for Audio Technica. So I plugged it in as a, a podcast studio microphone and I was trying to use it and I didn't think it was on because the light wasn't on. Not thinking that it was only plugged in XLR. The light oh, only comes yes. on when it's USB. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I fiddled around with it for like an hour before I'm like, it is working. Dang it. <laughs> I hate those moments when something's been working all along, but you're trying to figure out why it's not working. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about new Christmas gear. Did you get anything new for Christmas? Ooh, I did. This camera that you're, that you're seeing me now on is new because my other camera is over there on my laptop and it's, it's very bad. And my, I had a test run last night with my co-host, um, Lindsay from my podcast. And I mean, as you see right now, it's a great camera, nice gift from my mother-in-law. And again, it's not expensive. It's um, a, a cheaper model off of Amazon. I'm not married to Bezos, I swear, but I mean, there's deals on there to be had. So <laughs> we're a cheap family. This isn't podcast gear, but it's podcast related because I'm a musician and I use, I make music for my podcast. I do the music for all my intro music and all that kind of stuff. So I got some EMG bass pickups which really helped pump up my bass a lot. That was the, my number one gift I think I got this year was that. And they were very easy to install. I didn't have to solder anything. They were like clip-on electronics. It was great. And then I got some EQ pedals as well to go along with that. So those aren't really podcast-related, but they're equipment-related, and they will benefit my podcast. So let me ask you a question. You play bass, right? Mm hmm If you plugged your bass guitar into that big speaker at the beginning of Back to the Future. <laughs> okay, do sure. Do you think you would actually bring down the building around the speaker? <laughs> no, not at all. No. Okay. Just, I mean, I don't know what Doc Brown has cooking up in there. Maybe he's got some atomic mixture, some juice, but you would feel some air on your face. Have you, you must have seen that viral video of like those kids listening to like the the loudest bass noise ever in the world. And it's this big, huge system. All these kids with their phones are like all excited. Then the sound goes off and you can see the sound waves. So I imagine it's like that because like you could see in the video, the sound waves, everybody 
has. Uh, do you know what video I'm talking about? By the way, no, I've not seen this. This sounds uh, interesting. The just, I guess, no just pun Google. intended. <laughs> I guess just like Google, like you know, loud, annoying sound, loudest, annoying sound in the world, live or something like that. And it's just like a mm. whole crowd of kids running away quickly because the sound waves are so awful. So it wouldn't bust you through the wall like it did Michael J. Fox, whatever his character's name was, Marty, Marty McFly. How could I not know that? Marty, um, your kids, spite your kids, Marty. <laughs> but there would be like obnoxious sound waves and it wouldn't, it would be a lot. It would be a lot. I would love to play through that. The biggest I've played through, I think is like eight, 10 inch speakers, which is really not that much. It's just a two stacks. All right. Well, if you ever get a bigger speaker like that, just remember, don't turn uh-huh. the overdrive all the way up. Oh, right. yeah. He cranked it all the way to 10, that fool. All the way to 10. <laughs> He's a teenager. Talking about preamps. <laughs> Bad preamp. Bad preamp. Mm-hmm. All right. So what have you done to use AI with, with your podcast? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I remember you and Steven were talking about AI, and I have dabbled in it just a little bit. I don't love like AI art and AI music, but I do like the tools it can use for podcasting, such as like transcribing. And there is a podcast service, I think it's called Podcast Connect. And they gave me like five trial runs of it where I could like upload one of my podcasts and it would spit out first like a blurb to describe the podcast and then like the best moments like, you know, it just showed me like whatever the best moments were and the moments that I should, you know, make a video of or make a TikTok of or whatever. And, um, you know, the amount of minutes that I spoke and the amount of minutes the other person spoke, it's really good for like those analytical tools. Like I said, I signed up for Podcast Addict and it was like five of those you get for free. Then after that, you can sign up for $19.99 a month and you can (laughs) do it with all your podcasts. And there's no way I'm going to spend money on that kind of thing. I can see it as a very helpful tool, though, and I have used it exactly for that. That is the issue because we're running as hobby or passion podcasters. So we're very limited on our budget. Most of us Mm -hmm. are limited on our budget. We don't have an unlimited budget. If you're rich enough to have an unlimited budget, you probably have a producer to begin with. But the differentiation between these tools that can actually help you is the cost factor. Yes. Remember when cell phones first came out, smartphones first came out? Remember how much those apps, those original apps cost? You know, hundreds yeah, like, of dollars in some cases. Absolutely, yes. And I remember like, yeah, ringtones were like four ninety nine each. I think we're there right now with AI where <laughs> we're getting over that initial hump and then eventually it'll come down. It still might be a monthly subscription, but it might be like a one ninety nine, two ninety nine, maybe even a four ninety nine subscription. But the nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety nine price thing, you add enough of those up, like your your hosting, say you have pod page or you know, some podcast webpage thing is on there. Say you have something like um, Descript or whatever you were using before Podcast Addict or Connect or or whatever. I think Oban.ai or something like that does kind of a similar thing. Something like that. It's $19.95. It just gets close to $200 pretty quick. And if you go to like Sweetwater or whatever and you have your gear on a 0% interest 48-month thing with the Sweetwater card, it's going to be at least a $200 month 
Bill to podcast for fun. Now, <laughs> right. <laughs> that is acceptable in the realm of hobbies. I mean, sure, if you like sure. to run, you're going to buy a new pair of shoes every there month or two, and that's yes. $150, right? Mm-hmm. That's just shoes. That's not the rest of the running gear or whatever. So, and that's just running. You think running is not going to cost you anything. It does. It costs <laughs> it does. you in medical bills. It costs you in, in uh, equipment. It costs you in uh, uh, travel, in some cases, to go to races. To, for well, the just fun the of gear, it. like the underwear and like the socks are, are a big part of it. Right. So, and like I said, that's running. If you have a fish tank, that's going to cost money. If you have a dog, that's going to cost money. If you cycle, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's going to cost money. If you fish, it's going to cost you a heck of a lot of money, depending on how you do it. So I get it. But $200 for podcasting in the age where the Millies and on down are used to getting all these online things for free, right? Mm-hmm. Your social media is for free. That's right. Yeah. Chat GPT is for free. The <laughs> chat GPT three is for free. You know, you have all this stuff for free. Why do I have to pay for podcasting? And there are lots of good arguments for that, but I think that we're just in a spot where we're going to have to bring the prices down on this stuff for it to survive. Because especially in this economy where people are scrimping to just get by 1995 a month for something that's a hobby again, yes, is a little bit much. And I don't know how many people are out there that would podcast from like a business sense. So say their corporation or their small business or whatever has a podcast Mm -hmm. and they're using it as advertisement for the company or whatever. It is cheap advertisement. I get that. And you still have to pour a little bit of money into it, but I don't know how much of a demand there is from that. So that's my concern about the cost of AI. Sure. And I think what I I always think like a good format for any of these apps, like for example, there's many apps that I use for free that help me with my podcasting. There's Polish, which is like a photo app, and I use the free version. So every time I, you know, do some photoshopping for like a cover or for, you know, anything, I use it. I use it for everything. I got to look at a little five second ad between every one. And, you know, if I wanted to stop that, I could get the upgrade. And if I got the upgrade, then I could do even better Photoshop stuff. So I see how that stuff works. I haven't found like an, an AI one that is that has that same like structure what i have found is headliner which is a good app for me because i like to post on instagram and tiktok and i use it for free have the free version which is fine with me there's limitations one of the limitations is like if my podcast is over two hours then i can't even upload it like at the free base and i you you were saying that we're going to talk about what other what new podcasts I've been doing. I've been doing Dark, and we're just getting ready to wrap up the TV show Dark. And those discussions are over two hours long every time. So that limits me to like not being able to go to Headliner, whereas if I had like the $5 a month structure, I could probably download that two-and-a-half-hour podcast. As it is, I, for free, download like my podcast, pick out like up to a 10 minute clip, add pictures to it, can post it up. Very easy. If I want to go for like a more expensive model, like 10 to $15, 
there's a new AI feature that they just rolled out. I got an email for it today. That headliner has like a new AI tool that will do all that stuff for me. I download my podcast and it just decides which clips it's going to use and picks out the best one and accompanying pictures. And I'm not going to do that. But as a free user, you know, maybe it's like some kind of perk that I could build up to like for, <laughs> for being a, uh, a faithful user. Maybe if I plug their link five times or something like that, then they'll, they'll up my subscription. That's how I have Zencaster. I'm free on Zencaster just because I have to put an ad in my podcast every week for it and I have to plug them. Uh, other than that, it's free. And that's why I use them <laughs> for that mm-hmm. very reason. I mean, if you can get away with it, why not, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, just a quick rebound here. Your camera. Is it a webcam, like a USB webcam, or is it an actual camera? Uh, it's a USB webcam. Cheapo. All right. All right. So the real reason that you approached me last October. Yeah, this is real. <laughs> yeah. Was that you have backed your, or you think, you have backed yourself into a podcast corner. Kind of. Yeah. Well, hobbyists. Let's start there. You know, this, that's what your show is based around, hobbyists. And that's, it's my hobby. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to my friends about TV shows that I like. And so I decided to go for the niche of like a TV recap podcast because I feel like that's, you know, in, kind of in my wheelhouse. It's entertainment. It's a broad spectrum, but it's also because... I focus on a small amount of TV shows. It's kind of niche. So already I'm dealing with a smaller audience because I'm looking for pod people listen to podcasts. So that's the small percentage of the population. And then people who like TV podcasts and then people who like the same TV podcast of the shows that I watch. There's a pretty small net of people, as you know, like the more niche your podcast is, the less listeners you're likely to have. So, you know, I've fallen into that trap by being a TV recap podcast. So I've now recapped the three TV shows I've set out to recap and I'm finished. So it's like, what is my next step now? Am I, do I continue being a TV recap podcast or do I kind of stay within the same realms of these TV shows that I'm into, which is Wheel of Time, Dark, 1899. So basically Dark Ways production. And, you know, the Wheel of Time franchise. So that's kind of what I've been doing, but I've been having fun going outside of that realm with my co-hosts doing like just one-off podcasts, doing this, doing that, music, talking about random movies, just getting together, talking about Wawa. You know, it's like in the structure that I have, a recap podcast, Sweet Child of Time, it doesn't really make sense to do a, a podcast one off one off episode about Burger King or whatever, you know? So it's like I do it anyway because it's my podcast. I can do what I want and my listeners still listen. But it's kind of like, should I have a separate podcast for things like that? You know, that's kind of what I'm wrestling with is like, should I have a separate podcast or should I just keep everything under the same banner? Let me ask you this to start out with. Okay. Is your Zencaster plan on limited RSS feeds or are you limited just to the one RSS feed? Oh, well, I use Spotify for podcasters to publish. I okay. just I just use Zencaster to record. 
So I have, I currently have two RSS feeds. I can have up to four if I want. I didn't know that Spotify, you can have up to four, four. Is that the four with one email address or is that? That's using different email addresses. I currently have two. Why is the limitation four then? Just because they're all because I only have I only have four email addresses. Oh, you can you can create a new one. Okay, (laughs) yeah. So you're using Spotify for podcasts, and you can go out and get another email address. Heck, I would advocate if you start a new show, you should probably grab some sort of email, either like a Gmail or Yahoo or whatever, for that specific podcast. Yeah, I've done that. Yes. So you you automatically would have an email through whatever system. There is. And I know some people are kind of screaming, why don't you just get your own website and then uh, run your email through your website and stuff like that? Yeah. If you're techy enough to do that, yep, get that. But for the on tech initiated, the best thing that I could recommend is getting like a Gmail account. And I know some people have issues with giving data to the Alphabet company, which sure, Google sure. is part of. So grab yourself an email address through some other means that is secure. Through a college. And, sure. Yeah. And then get yourself a new RSS feed through Spotify through that. I don't know, now that, now that I think about it, if your podcasts are eligible for monetization, I assume that they would all go to the same social security number or bank account or something like that. Hmm, that's a good question. I believe it was on monetization for a short time until they upped, upped the... Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Mike, Mike, Concern is that they'll identify that you have one, more than one feed by using multiple email addresses because of the monetization. So I don't I know see. the answer to that, but let's just say that you can do okay. multiple RSS feeds through Spotify. Now, just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should. That's right. <laughs> so your concern is does the topic fit for the show, or maybe should mm-hmm. I rebrand the show? I, I guess that's part of the possibilities you yes. rebrand the show so that's a concern my other concern would be if you don't want to piss off your audience like you just said that your audience was good and they were listening to the stuff that you were releasing that was not uh, part of the show's main topic i've done a few and far in between yes okay so one-offs i would gather that if you did that enough you would erode your audience. You would get some people that unfollow you because they don't want to hear the other subject that you're talking about. So there's that concern. So you're balancing the, should I start a new show where I'm not going to port all my audience over to, to, I don't want to piss my audience, my existing audience off. Mm-hmm. And I can't answer that a hundred percent. You sure, know your sure. audience best or, you know, as best as anybody. <laughs> and you, well, the same with my audience. I know my audience better than somebody that's not part of my show. So sure. it's, it's your audience, whatever podcast you have. My concern is that, you know, your audience best and that you can make that decision based on what you think your audience will tolerate. I will also say that if your new show concept, you think might have more of a possibility to grow a bigger audience. You don't want to stifle that by being part of the original topic show. Hmm. So in general, if you're changing the format of the show significantly, my recommendation 
which is not a blanket recommendation. It's just in general. Well, I guess in general is blanket, but it's not 100%. <laughs> is that you change your format enough, you should start a new show. And especially if you continue to publish of your existing show. Now, if you're not going to publish with your existing show any longer, then you can do what's called a rebrand and you can just change the entirety of the show. You can change the name of the show. You can change the format, the artwork, everything about it, the music behind it. You can change everything about it and just call it a new show. And that you've ended a show, you're just starting a new show. I have heard shows that have done this. I have a very good friend that just did something very similar. I will tell you, as much as I love that very good friend, and I do, I unfollowed the show because I wasn't interested in hearing a podcast about his new topic. I see. So you're seeing a different RSS feed altogether and just like kind of gravitate my current audience towards there. If they follow, great. And then branch out from there. Yes. Now, Mm, I will give you a couple examples. So the show that I got into podcasting that I really was interested in doing a podcast myself back in the O-Nots was a podcast on the BS on the uh, sci-fi show Balsar Galactica BSG. And the podcast was Galactica water cooler. When Balsar Galactica ended, they decided to rebrand the show. They didn't stray far. They kept it a sci-fi show. And instead of Galactica water cooler, they called it the galactic water cooler. Okay. So it was a very simple and easy transfer over. I don't think they were envisioning this when they started, but the change from Galactica to Galactic made it very simple to rebrand into sci-fi. But they did rebrand the show. They did lose some of the core listeners that were only listening because of BSG. But eventually they grew more of a family audience for the next I want to say four or five years around their podcast before they finally uh, pod faded, basically. So that was, in my opinion, a successful rebrand. I'll give you another personal example with Voices of Defiance. It was on the, that was a podcast that I did. It was my first podcast that I produced, and it was on the sci-fi show Defiance. Okay. When we started that show, I talked to my co-hosts and said, When this show is over with, that's it. We're done. We are not going to rebrand this into something else. And we all, all three of us agreed. Yes. This podcast will only be on defiance. Since then, the other two co-hosts had gone on to several other podcasts. And I'm currently podcasting with one of those co-hosts on a show on uh, warehouse 13. It's called Artie's attic. The podcast is called Artie's attic. So Mm -hmm. I've, reconstituted one of those co-hosts from that show but Artie's attic is not voices of defiance two separate shows okay i'll give you another personal example the starling tribune which was on Ooh. the cw show arrow that i did okay at the end of the show arrow we could have kept going with the rest of the cw Arrowverse, as it was called with all the dc comic book shows which mm-hmm. are pretty much all canceled now <laughs> but we could have kept going and we could have kept going with the dc universe But we decided not to because the content was degrading so much that we were sick of covering it. So we just didn't want to go on and we decided to close it down, but we could have kept going. 
Okay. And one final example that I'll give you okay. is a podcast that I currently have called Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Legends yes. of S.H.I.E.L.D. was originally created to podcast or, or review the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that was on ABC. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a Marvel Comics thing that the show itself was kind of an outshoot from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you think of the Avengers, that sort of stuff. But it kind of ended up in a place that was not part of what is known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Big cause for debate. So I'm, I'm not going to answer that right now. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what I will say is after the show ended, we decided to go on with the same format because it was okay to do the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At the time, we had all okay. the Netflix Defender shows. We had The Runaways, Cloak and Dagger. We had uh, the... <laughs> I, I almost don't want to say it. The uh, Inhuman show <laughs> okay. on ABC. I'm not familiar, so I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you never want to watch it. So... Okay. Anyway, <laughs> unless you're one of the ones that likes to watch bad TV shows, there's, there's, the, there's a whole genre. Of that. <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to say is we kept on going, didn't change formats, but our topic, we just broadened the topic a little bit, but it still fit the concept of the show. And I'll give you a little secret. We are reformatting. We're not rebranding, but we're reformatting in 2024. We record our first episode in two days. Mm. It'll be a, a, a slightly different show that in that's in format, but we're still going to cover the same things. It just sound a little bit different, and the uh, timing will be a little bit different with with it. Some people will say it's it'll be significant, but some people will say, "Ah, yeah, you're you're covering the same thing." <laughs> uh, I guess stay tuned for that, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, but those are your range of options, and it really <clears throat> matters on where your core audience. Yeah. is coming from if they're coming from yes. like the dark verse sort of stuff that you were talking about mm -hmm. and they're interested in you covering all similar sorts of stuff mm -hmm. then you can continue on with that rss feed you might want to rebrand or reformat the show but you can continue to continue doing that topic if they aren't interested in the broader scope of things and just start a new show yeah okay so I, yes, I see the logic in a lot of that. Okay, I think I've made a mistake in the past, and I think that's why I wanted to like come on and really talk to you because I think I want to like uh, it's it's not too late to straighten my course because it's not like you know there's a, a huge amount of stakes here. <laughs> so first off, like I started out doing the Wheel of Time, and I called the show Sweet Child of Time for a specific reason. Because I was introducing a friend to the Wheel of Time, and he was the sweet child of time, and we recapped the Wheel of Time show. So then we recapped season one. And this was the first podcast I've done. And so I was really into it. So then, like, when, the se when that season was over, we did, like, some um, preliminary material, bonus material. Then we branched out into some Robert Jordan style material conan the barbarian i did time bandits because a sweet child of time so i was trying to stay in the same realm i wanted to continue podcasting and so i had an rss feed and we're talking 25 to 50 listeners not a huge amount in the beginning there 
So, you know, I was floundering. What am I going to do? Then the show on Netflix, 1899, started up. It's a show about set in a different time. So I was like, okay, that'll kind of fit into what I'm doing. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and recap this show, bring in a different co-host because my original co-host wasn't really interested in it, but I really wanted to do it. What I should have done at that point, you probably can tell me this. I should have started a separate RSS feed for that 1899 show, completely rebranded and had a completely separate show. I did not do that. I did not do that. I stayed on as sweet child of time and picked up like 1,500 listeners just because 1899 was like a brand new show and there was nobody recapping it. I was like one of the only podcasts that was like recapping it like as it was happening. So I picked up a lot of listeners and a lot of those listeners also like the show Dark. So I've retained a lot of these listeners. So Wheel of Time season two starts up. And so James and myself, because I'm doing Dark with a different co-host. I'm doing every show with a different co-host. I should be doing separate shows with each separate co-host, right? Yeah. (sighs) When it gets to be that much, you're talking four different (laughs) stints or seasons or whatever. Yeah. You should probably have branched out into different RSS feeds. So what's happening right now is we did the Wheel of Time and my listenership, you know, dropped a lot. And when Lindsay and I started doing Dark again, which was back on brand with that 1899, the listenership picked right back up again. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And we're at the very last, we're the next to last episode that I just released today. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be releasing the last episode of Dark. So I'm wondering if like this is the time, which it might be. I was thinking keeping the same RSS feed because it seems like the same people from 1899 and dark have gravitated over towards me, towards this feed and towards that subject matter of like dark ways productions and like mystery type shows like that. So I was kind of thinking starting a separate RSS feed for wheel of time. And then I think it's possible to do this, right? I could just publish all, I could take all those Wheel of Time episodes off of my current feed, put them on the other feed, and then continue like a Wheel of Time type show over there. And then Sweet Child of Time here would continue on. I'm, I'm not sure, Steve, Stevens, SP. I, <laughs> um, I know I'm at a point now where I need to do something different. But it feels like my listenership is still building. So that's kind of why I'm hesitant to make any kind of changes. Yeah, if you want to rebrand the original show to something that's more generic TV review, then you could do that. And then if you want to segregate the Wheel of Time stuff, I would take the Sweet Child Child of Time name over to the new podcast after rebrand the uh, existing podcast. and. I don't know what Spotify does. We were talking about Spotify for podcasters. Yes. Which is our podcast hosting branch. I don't know what they do about deconflicting names with podcasts. So you might have to talk to their tech support and tell them what you're doing. You're moving the name to a new podcast and you're rebranding your original podcast. That's almost what I think I would do in this case. Or if you wanted to leave them all on the same feed to rebrand to something else. You know, I have changed my name. Like, um, my used to just be Sweet Child of Time. Yeah. I changed my name about a year ago to Sweet Child of Time, colon, 1899, Dark, and Wheel of Time Recaps. That's like the official title of my podcast. Do you just want 
to recap those particular shows or do you want to branch out beyond that? I'd like to branch out beyond that because those, those three shows are not currently airing anymore. I will say in my experience, having the name of the show and the title really helps people that are searching because the search in Apple podcasts specifically, and that's the majority of people that are listening to your show are listening to it through Apple podcasts. It's simple statistics, somewhere between 60 and 70%. And this is from providers like Buzzsprout and Libsyn and they aggregate tens of thousands of shows. So they have the data to back this up. So the search results in Apple podcasts is still valid and they only search a few things. Author tag, I believe the uh, title obviously, and then maybe like the first line of the description or something like that. Other than that, they don't index any search terms from your show. And that's why it's very important to capitalize on the first search criteria, which is the title. So if you have the show name, and the episode name in the title of the episode. I do. That really helps. And yeah, I, I do that now with like Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Artie's Attic. I put the episode title and then the title of the show. Now, Artie's Attic, that's kind of an inside thing for Warehouse 13 fans. You know who Artie is. He's the main agent in Warehouse 13, or at least the senior agent in Warehouse 13. So you know who he is, and the reference to Attic is that the warehouse is America's Attic. So Artie's Attic, he's lead agent of the Attic. So you have to kind of okay. know something about the show. But I don't end it there. It's Artie's Attic, a Warehouse 13 fan cast. Yes. There you go. So I have Warehouse <laughs> 13 in the title. It's not the first thing, but it is in there. Also, it's in the episode title. It's like whatever episode name it is, and then a Warehouse 13 fan cast. Yes, I'm overdoing it with a Warehouse 13 fan cast, but that's for search terms, both in the podcast show name and the episode name. So that seems to be the key way to get people to discover your show is to have the, the title appropriate. So if you go for a generic title name, and I'll just throw something out like Steve watches TV, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have TV in there, but it's not really a discriminator discriminator. That's right. So that is a conundrum. If you want multiple shows, I guess you could put it. Not everybody does. Does Spotify pro podcasters do the, the, like the second title sort of thing, or is it just one title or episodes? Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, and I, mean, I, for- I, title, I title each of my episode, and then like, I'm, I'm not sure the answer to that. On Lipson four, they got away with it on Lipson five, and these <laughs> Lipson has two different interfaces. They're the same account, but two different interfaces to get to it. Hmm. <laughs> if you add a new episode in Lipson four, mm-hmm. there's a subtitle, and I don't know if the subtitle is used or searched by Apple. I don't think it is, but if it was, that's something that you could use. Might not help you. I don't even know why I brought it up because I don't think it's because <laughs> we're talking. Come on, <laughs> it's a, I, I'm just uh, oh yeah, brainstorming here with you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, I I did that on purpose. Like put the name of the shows 
that I'm recapping. I thought it was kind of lengthy and I was like kind of debating. That's something I um debated on the uh Reddit forum that we are we are pals on, the R slash podcasting. So like I think I've I think I asked like, is this is my title too long for my podcast? Because it's awfully long. And it might have been you or somebody else that was like, hey, it's got the name of the shows that you're recapping and the title of your show. So that's great for search features. So that's all I needed to hear was just one person to tell me that. And I was like, I think this is a smart idea. So yeah, so the things I'm I'm interested in doing, I'm doing with my co-hosts who I've done Dark and 1899 stuff with. We're kind of talking about doing like some movies. And we're going to do movies related to time travel. So again, I've done that before within my podcast. And those episodes always seem to go well. Like when I've done, you know, just a one-off movie and I'll have a guest on, you know, those are all, those are always pretty decent episodes. And so I'm thinking about doing that. We've already discussed doing like four time travel movies and like probably loosening up our release schedule because we release weekly right now. I'm kind of thinking about going bi-weekly. And yeah, here's another snippet. I forgot to tell you about this, SP. Hey, this puts a whole nother wrinkle in the conversation. So I'm on the Marshland Media Network with my friend James, who's the Marshland Monster, the rapper. You may remember him. He might have been on your show. He might have been on your show. I don't think so. Okay. Well, you would remember if he had. He has a friend that he does other podcasts with Corwin and Corwin like tuned into some of our podcasts about Wheel of Time, started reading the books and like burned through all the books in a really short amount of time. So I had Corwin on recently to talk about the books with me. And I titled that one like book spoilers with Corwin. And I've been in talks with Corwin about we're going to be podcasting together, I think, in a couple of weeks about Chicago music, but I would love to, what I plan to do is start having conversations with him about the Wheel of Time books. So of course that falls squarely in the Wheel of Time camp. The thing is I have, I do have that separate RSS feed, which is not being used now. So like I I was telling you, which it seems like you think that's a very good idea. Branching off, taking James and Corin with me over here. Then having Lindsay and James with me, I mean, Lindsay and Nate with me over here. That seems to make the most sense. Yeah, it's what I I would do. It doesn't make it the right thing. No, but it it seems (laughs) like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it seems like the best practice, which Better Podcasting is striving for better practices. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I want want to be better. I just, in, in this particular case, Went to chat GBT as you were talking and I gave oh. it a prompt prompt engineer. That should be my new title, right? I gave <laughs> it a prompt show ca- a podcast show title for a show that reviews time travel movies and shows. And it pumped out one title. I should have said, give me 10 titles, but he pumped out one title, temporal real navigating time and film. Something like that might be a good title for your podcast and then title the episodes with the title of the specific movie, book, or film that you're yeah, yeah, yeah. reviewing or something like that. So I think that is probably the best way to go about it. But uh, it's your show. Well, again, podcasting, there's no boss. It's your show. You get right. to decide whatever happens. You are the boss <laughs> for it. So I think that whatever you think is a good idea will go. And then 
as this publishes, feel free to uh, get back to Steve on our Discord server or wherever you are on, on uh, I don't think r slash podcasting is a good place to do it on, on Reddit, but no, <laughs> I, you know, social media or something like that. I think that would be a good topic uh, to make recommendations. Now, for free advice, you have to take it for what it's worth, including mine. It's free <laughs> advice, right? So mm-hmm. are you paying for it? What's the value of it? That sort of thing. Just keep that in mind. If somebody is giving you advice, what is their bias? What are the, why are they giving you the device? What, why oh. are they coming at it? That sort of thing. So sure, sure. just keep, keep that in mind as anybody else chimes in. So are you feeling a little bit more comfortable about your decision space here? Well, decision space, no, but thought process, yes. I knew I wasn't going to make a decision today with you. I knew we were just, I was just going to get your opinion. And yeah, I want to, I want to go back and re-listen to this podcast so I can, um, when you were giving me those five examples, I was, I was on board with you, but I'd like to go back and re-listen to that and take some of those considerations. I mean, I'm leaning to. I'm definitely leaning towards using that additional RSS feed I have, or making just a another brand new one, and you know, migrating my audience in two different directions. It would kind of make the most sense. Um, and it would be fair to my co-hosts too. From that aspect, I am more and more on board with the podcast media hosts for hobbyists that provide multiple RSS feeds. I believe. Captivate is one. RSS.com is one. I think Transistor is another one. Yeah. These are all paid. They're not a Mm -hmm. free resource like Spotify for podcasters are, but I am valuing them more and more. The trade-off that you get in something like that, or Spreaker also does the same thing, is that you're trading off in a lot of cases, the total amount of either uploads or downloads that you can have for the show. So if you get a hit podcast, and you have a lot of people listening to it, you might hit that cap of the download. Or if you're publishing every day, like uh, what if over the holidays, they had an episode every day for nine days. If you would go in and upload a two hour podcast on each one of those nine days, and you had an upload cap per month or per total or, or whatever, you might hit that total like Spreaker at one point in time had a cap of 500 hours. They have since gotten away from that. I just did that research this past week, but that 500 hours meant that if you got to 500 hours and you wanted a new episode, you had to delete older episodes in order to <laughs> yikes publish the newer episodes. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> yeah. Your back catalog wasn't all, all they've gone away from that as far as I could tell with their plans, but yeah, that's, that's where you're at. That's where your trade space is, is something like that, that has multiple RSS feeds available. There are caveats to it. There's nothing for free. You're giving up something to get what you're paying for, or in your case, not paying for. So yeah, I think that people that do what we do, there is value in the multiple RSS feeds. There's also value in keeping a, a feed at active, whether that's through a feed yeah, drop, definitely. I was going to mention this feed drop because you were talking about like maybe promoting different things. You could do what's called a feed drop where you put an entire episode of another podcast on your feed. Oh yeah. And then you just say, Hey, this is an advertisement. I will tell you personally, I hate that personally, <laughs> but I know a lot of people enjoy it because they're like, Oh, I didn't know you did this show. So then they follow you over to the new show. So there's value in it. I just, like, I don't want to hear about your other show about underwater basket weaving. I don't like that. 
know, or whatever. Everybody so. loves it. Come on, get on board. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> or get your scuba gear on. No thanks. We've had Liberty do in the chat for a while, and I put off his his questions because we were talking about the serious thing. But I want to bring him up right now. So he had a particular question about Wheel of Time. He says, as a Wheel of Time fan, did you think the series, after the author's passing, was passed on to the right author to end the story? Dang, that's a good question, because I'm not a huge, like, fantasy fan. So I've seen other people debate, like, other authors that might have done it better. But I don't really have a huge, like, um, you know, category of authors I could choose from. I was very pleased with how Brandon Sanderson did it only because that's all I know. And it's the only way that the story could go on. So I was, I was pleased. I, I think the first couple of chapters, it took me a while to get used to like the way he portrays some of the characters kind of like in a little more of a, a, a goofy kind of way. I think, is that a good <laughs> term? You think Liberty? I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but. I thought he did a great job and I've gone on to read other Brandon Sanderson books because I like his writing style. I mean, I do like the first three books. Those are like my favorites of the series. Of course, Robert Jordan wrote those, but um, I'm, you know, no complaints. I don't have like a, a solid opinion of like who else could have done it. I wonder if you do Liberty, if you think there's other authors that were in the makings for it. I know he was handpicked by Harriet and Robert himself. Like they, they were in cahoots together. I don't know if there was any other authors out there at that time that were, you know, having the same talks with Tor or whatever. I got a couple of examples for you. You're not going to like them, but I, I've got a couple okay. of examples. All right. George R.R. R. Martin. You want him to touch your series? <laughs> As a finisher? That that's like an oxymoron. I mean, how there can you, you go, right? finish a series? It uh, would not work. <laughs> let me let me get another one. Rowling from Harry Potter. I mean, her writing style is pretty simple, pretty easy to read. I mean, it, I don't know. I I've never read anything besides the Harry Potter novels, and they did get better as the as they went on, but. Yeah, I'm not seeing that style of writing meshing well with Wheel of Time. I just don't think it would work. No, after reading more than half of the first book, and I'm still slogging through it, by the way, that uh, I would say that neither of those writers in their their uh, format really works there. The <laughs> example that I have from sci-fi would be Foundation. And when Isaac Asimov passed away, oh, there's man. a couple other authors that came in that did prequels or sequels. Okay. That seems to have worked for the fandom, but that was in a simpler time <laughs> and not so so much uh, uh, fandom that was out there. Yeah, sure. Really looking at it, people were simply, it was like the early Star Wars era. It's like, give me more. I don't care what George Lucas ruins here. And then 20 years later, like, he did what? Isn't it funny how when we were kids, like, it was like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was another Star Wars movie? Like if they did like a, you know, part part eight, wouldn't that be something? And like now it's like, please don't, no more, no more. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> well, Dave Filoni has proven his worth now. So I'm, I'm on board with the uh, Dave Filoni Star Wars train. 
So Liberty Dude had another question. Does the one-off topic concept open itself up to fill a full podcast break? I will take a, a short stab at this, and I will oh, say okay. perhaps. We did it with Voices Defiance way back in the day, but there was the video game that we could shoot off of, and then we had ancillary crew interviews like with the uh, CGI, uh, one of the CGI uh, leads, not the CGI lead, but one of the CGI team leads we did, and, and a couple of the ancillary crew that worked, not the cast, but the crew that worked on it. And that worked okay, especially with the game updates that came down. It, was it the best thing in the world? No. I think if you stray too far, you're going to be in trouble. Like with Starling Tribune, we decided eventually that the only thing that we were going to cover off season was the other show, Legends of Tomorrow. Those were the two shows that we were comfortable doing. Even though there were many, many other shows out there, we're like, okay, I want that show and that show and that's it. I don't want to cover Supergirl. I don't want to cover for the Flash. I don't want to cover any other things. And that turned out okay, but it wasn't a one-off. It was basically kind of what you're doing, just back and forth between the two in the same universe. So I will say it can work, but you got to be careful on what you cover. Now, what do you think? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking from a, from a personal standpoint here, because basically what's getting ready to happen is I am going to be on kind of a podcast break between seasons. So that's kind of why I'm floundering right here. So for right now, my one-off topic concept, Liberty, is four time travel movies. And if I start releasing biweekly, that takes me eight weeks. And I also have on deck right now a, um, a German music podcast idea, which is tied in with Dark, of course, because Dark is a German show. And then I have a Chicago music, which is tied in with my other co-hosts from the Wheel of Time. So that's six episodes that I'm already planning on doing. And that will take me theoretically 12 weeks if I release bi-weekly now. I think that concept will take me, but then it's like, what am I going to do after that, after those six episodes? I mean, I, I want to do the books book concept with Corwin, but it seems like that would be better suited for a, a different audience. Cause I'm talking about a book as opposed to like TV and movies. You can even talk about book adaptations that made it to the screen. Anything from the expanse on to, you know, you'd have to pick like fantasy stuff, but sure, sure. I know comic books, that's a, a big debate as well of, of what in comic books has made it on the screen that has been successful. <laughs> uh, well, video games, very similar. There's been spotted results with that. So, I mean, you could do that in comparison sure. to fast. James wants to play the video game, the Wheel of Time video game. And James is like my co-host of, he's the original sweet child. So, you know, that's a, that's a, I'm just not sure if that would like lend to like a podcast though. I was going through a game because originally 1899 was supposed to have a second season, which would be starting this year. And uh, wheel of time will be having a third season sometime in 2025. And then the creators of dark were supposed to be doing another show that was going to be released in spring of 2024 called something is killing the children. But that show, there's been no news, no updates. I don't even think, I don't, don't even know if they can be doing that show anymore. 
So I yeah. was gonna I was gonna do that show because it's like squarely in that exact same universe of 1899 and dark. But all of those things are not happening now <laughs> until 2025. So we're in January of 2024 for anybody that's listening to this in ah, the yes. future. And just to bring everybody into a grounded reality right now, this is post WGA and SAG after strikes, but it's also post cheap money going away because interest rates are outrageously high. And for those that don't know, a lot of these productions were financed by short-term loans at a very cheap rate. So it made it economically feasible to do some of these productions. And that is why we had the girth of TV, like 900 shows or so a year over the past like five years. So that is not going to happen going forward because the cheap money is not there to make it a possibility. That's right. Steve was talking about everything getting canceled. It was a combination of things, but it didn't just happen in the fantasy genre. It happened in every genre. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So Liberty Dude also said, would it be wise to basically pod fade the current feed as is, occasionally revisit with remembering episodes, then a new show, new RSS, yet still play uh you can find our new show at ending episodes that makes i know what you're saying there yeah there is logic in that too i don't know guys that's why i'm here i want to do a better podcast yeah and if i had nobody listening i wouldn't really care but the fact is is like we built up an audience and i don't want to disappoint that audience and that audience out of that whole audience i mean you probably know how this is sp we're like i have like four people that communicate with me out of like everybody so it's like that's who i'm basing my opinions on and all four of them are like yeah we like listening to it every week we're gonna, li- we're gonna download it and listen to it right away I'm they're like, your core thank audience you. thank yeah, you <laughs> but they don't necessarily represent the bulk of your audience correct that's yeah. right and i'm not hearing from them yeah and you won't until they either unfollow or <laughs> yep. start gathering new audience so that's tough right there liberty dude also said before i knew brandon was picked by the family i would have not thought he was the correct choice i'm glad mm-hmm. i was an era so that was his thought on the author and then he also said time travel movies offer a lot of content that's what Lindsay was telling me yeah that's her idea is to go off in time travel which i mean that's my main interest, like Time Bandits, I saw that when I was a little kid, and it really blew my mind. And I think everything is based off of that. I think that was like that was like my center was Time Bandits, and then you know I grew from that. I'm loving the concept of playing with time within the plot. I'll give you two mm-hmm. examples: the Westworld, especially season one oh, yeah, of Westworld. Baby. Yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that until the final episode of the of the first season. I was like, oh my gosh you did not just whoa my mind was blown i was like, right the, yeah the, the biggest surprise i've ever had yes in in my adult uh, tv show watching that's because i didn't idea. pick up on any clues i was like oh my gosh and then uh the other one that i just finished watching season two over the break was foundation and it's not really time travel back but it's time travel forward so it, it's like an epic journey through time basically mm-hmm because it's the only way you can do it with the with the universe around and, and the time it takes to move things forward at a universal level. 
So uh, it's that that's interesting. I, I would include that in in a time based. Sure, um, it's, you gave it's me some backwards. Great fodder, like Westworld. I've seen. I love. I would do season one. Absolutely. I don't know about the rest of them, but season one standalone. Yes, Foundation would be interesting because I've never seen it. So I've, I'm kind of like, that's what I like is like doing like when I was doing the Wheel of Time season two. You know, I was watch the show. And then I would podcast about it the next day, like completely fresh. And that's what I like. So foundation is a good idea. I've never seen it. So that'd be neat to podcast in that way. I was blown away with foundation. Oh I yeah. Completely blown. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, so, first of all, they're dealing with good source material, but they are making changes that make sense within the source material. Okay. In my opinion, okay. just my opinion, but it is such an epic and it is ingrained in older adults like us basically that grew up in the 60s 70s and 80s because that's when isaac asimov was really writing a lot of the foundation books Mm -hmm. they passed away in 92 Mm -hmm. it was it was just it's so well done so far the apple tv plus has done two seasons there's a third one on the way i believe and i hope they continue going on i will still say you know my favorite is the expanse just the way they did that whole thing but the foundation is not far behind and it's not campy like Stargate. Like Stargate's still up in my top three. It's up there too, but um, I'm not a fantasy guy. I'm a sci-fi guy. It's, it's And time okay. travel is part of it. I <laughs> love time travel stuff. I love time loop episodes or time yeah. loop movies. I, I love that sort of stuff. It's very sci-fi-ish. Got to kind of wonder about the mechanics of it universally. But anyway. Get, get yeah. in the dark. Get in the dark. It's a German show. You got to watch it in German with the English subtitles. It is like the best time travel story that exists, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, out of all of them. <laughs> well, um, that's about all we have time for today. Okay. Because I got to, you know, get to bed and try to get to work <laughs> in the morning. But uh, we are available. We'll be over on our Gonna Geek Discord server. You're on there, right, Steve? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's com slash discord you can find or betterpodcasting.com slash discord it gets you to the same place and then also you can find both of us over on r slash podcasting but the better place to have these sorts of conversations i think is over on the discord server mm-hmm. and uh if somebody's looking for these two great shows that you've been talking about mm-hmm. where can they find them well it's really just one great show it's called sweet child of time colon 1899 dark and wheel of time tv recaps and it's Available everywhere, Spotify, Apple, and I just uploaded to YouTube this past week. So I'm starting to get YouTube in now too. And it's not a YouTube video show, it's a YouTube podcast. So it's worked out really great for me. My how music, have you done how have mm-hmm. you done the ingest for that from Spotify? RSS feed. That's all you do is you link in your RSS feed into your YouTube studio creator. So you're doing a static image podcast, basically? Yes, that's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah you, I forgot you're the expert. <laughs> I'm kind of winging it over here. Um, but yeah, I'm just getting on YouTube, and I'm, that already has like expanded my audience, which is great. But my plugs, Sweet Child of Time and Intro Void is the, um, where I release music. And I do all the music from my podcast. Like, for example, for Wheel of Time, I did a cover version of the Wheel of Time theme song. And I released that on Spotify under Introvoid. Did the same thing with Dark. I did a cover of the Dark theme song and put that on Spotify under Introvoid. 
and Lindsay and myself. Lindsay's my co-host for those episodes. She has a beautiful singing voice. We decided we're going to do a song together. So we're covering In the Woods Somewhere about Hoosier. And I'm in the mixing. We've already recorded everything. I'm mixing it now. And it's taken a very long time, but it's going to happen. And I'll be releasing that soon under the name Intro Void. Looking forward to that. Well, Steve, thank you for joining me. And maybe we should do this again in a year to find out how things turned out. I'd love that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Get a hold of me again and we'll, we'll do this again. Yes, sir. Thank you for spending your time with Steve and myself over the past hour. If you like the sort of content, please give Better Podcasting Chats with SP a follow on your podcatcher app of choice. Stephen and I would greatly appreciate it. Now, Better Podcasting itself is spinning up for 2024 at the moment. This was actually the first 2024 Better Podcasting recorded episode out of the family of three shows that we have. And in a week or two, more content will be coming out from the main Better Podcasting show. And in the meantime, if you are questing for more content, we did our annual gear episode on the Better Podcasting main feed. And on the Better Podcasting live chat feed, we had our last episode of the year. And that's all now available at betterpodcasting.com. If you would like to join me, I already talked about this at the beginning of the show. I'm going to hammer it again. If you are a hobby or passion podcaster and you want to join me for a chat, please drop me a line on social media, send me an email, go to our Better Podcasting Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. We'll look at a date to have you on the show. My email, once again, is stargatepioneer at betterpodcasting.com. I know that's a lot of calls to action, but wherever you can get a hold of me, go ahead, get a hold of me. We'll have you on the show. In the meantime, join the podcasting conversation over on our Discord server. We love to see you there. And if you do have a geeky-related podcast, you can consider becoming part of the Gunna Geek Network, and you can apply at gunnageek.com slash join. We'll see you all next time. Bye.